0: welcome to the menopause made easy podcast i'm your host tanya willis author of cookie dough in the dark and vibrant living with tanya menopause is like going through puberty again your body is changing your hormones are shifting but instead of being a lost teenager it's the perfect opportunity to reinvent your life and take stock of your emotional mental and physical well-being gain wisdom Be empowered and learn the strategic skills and the inner work that can be done simply so that the last half to third of your life is vibrant and amazing. Subscribe and share this podcast with your gal pals and thank you for joining me. Hello everybody, I'm really excited to uh, share this conversation with you today I joined a sugar-free group because I like joining different groups to get different perspective and to start planting seeds within myself and Heather was in my group or actually she's in the group and she reached out to chat with me and we just had the best conversation and I said okay we need to do a podcast so Heather welcome and if you hello hi Tanya introducing our viewers to who you are what you do that would be wonderful
1: thanks for having me on your podcast um so yeah I was in that in that group as you you mentioned I joined that group to consolidate my own decisions about living with less sugar or no sugar um and that's been a, a sort of a long bumpy road from perhaps about 2007 when I first overheard someone and realized that sugar is a very powerful substance and am I aware of am I aware of its influence in my life um so yeah, so I I joined this this very same group to uh to get more support around around reducing sugar in my in my food consumption.
0: Yes, because it is, you know, we were just chatting about I listened to a podcast this morning and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast that about I think it's about 74%, but let's just call it 70% of the yep. food that we're intaking these days is ultra processed food. So for an example, something like that is, you know, we used to eat plain yogurt. Okay, which I still do. Yeah. But now most people get the diet friendly yogurt the 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 sugar yogurt the fruit added yogurt. That's an that's an example of an ultra processed food. And this podcast was actually talking about um, the fact that and I was listening to something yesterday, that there's a lot of healthy substances, like so especially if you move into this wellness space, and I definitely was victim to this where you yeah. think you're eating healthy, but it's just healthy food uh, with sugar. But they've yeah,
1: I've also done that.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've gone through that. So maybe take us back to the beginning of just because we both know, and my viewers know, and, and if they don't know, they're definitely more aware that sugar is a drug. I wrote a book called Cookie Dough in the Dark. I had a massive sugar and uh, addiction for decades. It is an incredibly hard substance to get off of because it isn't so much of the food we consume. Marketers confuse us. It's, you know, one thing I am learning too is that I have some ADHD tendencies, which means I'm low in dopamine and sugar really spikes my dopamine and dopamine makes you feel good. And it's a very easy hit. So you know, I've learned so much about this, and I can absolutely one hundred percent say that I have decreased the sugar in my life. Um, but it's still there, and so I would love to hear what your journey has been like—like like the bumps, the good times, the the rock bottoms. Like, just share it all. We want to hear it. <laughs> Alrighty. Um.
1: So I would say, like most people, it starts off before I can even remember um that relationship with sugar when I was very very young um I'm seeing it through the lens of my awareness now but I wouldn't have had this awareness at the time of course that um sugar was a treat it was fun it was bonding it was something you did after school it was something that your nan gave you um at the same time I remember having moments where I didn't enjoy it for example things like ice cream and um, i would actually just throw it up chocolate biscuits i would just throw up and there are other food substances as well that just didn't seem to sit well in my body but i'd never come across anyone else that had that reaction or didn't vocalize it so i thought well that's obviously my problem and i just kept going and eventually actually my body stopped that response it was sort of almost over overrid it um I'm also neurodiverse and I didn't know that at the time. So I think sugar was a a massive part of my coping mechanism in a house that was very, um, what's the word, turbulent Mm -hmm. um, in terms of family relationships, um, divorce, and then step parents and that kind of thing. So a lot going on, very overwhelming and very stimulating um, emotionally. And sugar was. Again, I would never have worded it this way, but it was probably helping me cope. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little a little bit of a companion. Um, and I remember needing to ration it, even at that time. I seemed to be someone who would be a little bit distracted if the bar of chocolate had been opened. I'd be thinking about, when shall I finish it? And oh. ca- am I allowed to finish it today or should i should i wait till tomorrow and think you know thinking giving it quite a lot of thought as a sort of a sensitive soul and the same with biscuits and things like that so um it seems to be very hard for me to be sort of um you know all just one biscuit a day you know as a sort of that didn't seem to be possible for me and i didn't really understand why um so fast forward many many years university i started drinking a lot lots lots of sugar there Um, So from what I understand now, it's an adult version of sugar almost, you know, it's another way of taking it in, Um, which was also masking nervousness and social anxiety and um, feeling sort of that I didn't fit in. And it helped with the overstimulation of someone who's new idea it. It definitely sort of somehow sort of toned down. What's the word? dumbing down I don't know if that's acceptable it's it's toned down um Mm. life in a way so fast forward to 2007 I ended up in Thailand at a retreat that I never had expected to go to and I heard a lady talking about sugar and she was saying it wasn't a conversation that I was part of actually sort of but it was in the room and I remember her saying sugar's like getting off heroin so I was like blimey they're strong words you know I've never done heroin but I know it's a class A drug, very difficult to get off from. From what I've heard, and she's comparing sugar to that. <laughs> so I was like, "Wow, okay, that's that's interesting." So it, that was when I really sort of feel like it. Whatever it was that was in within me poked through, if you want to look at it like that, my, my sort of consciousness, um, and then, yeah, definitely started. Becoming aware of sort of the binging with sugar, um, trying to make healthier choices, and I also started teaching um, yoga about two thousand and five. But um, I was still teaching at that time a lot every every day, um, and was into health and wellness and improving my energy levels. And um, but also, actually, it was very stressful. It's teaching is uh, not always zen. <laughs> it's quite demanding. There's lots of um, emotional demands, spiritual, physical. Um, and I found that difficult too, long, long hours, business demands. So um, it was still fulfilling its, its purpose as a coping mechanism, even within that space. Um, so it wasn't until I, I gradually improved my food. Um, I'm not so keen on the word clean, but I gradually made it less processed that was the key thing I did. I was gradually making it less and less processed. And then when I moved to Sydney in 2017, I came across a yoga teacher who I'm I'm still training with. Um, And he kept talking about sugar in his classes, how it affects your kidneys, how it affects your skin, how it affects your energy levels, how it affects stiffness in your neck and shoulders and back. I was like, I've got all those things going on and how it affects your sleep and how it affects your hydration. So he, he's the one that really made the 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 biggest shift to not living with what I thought were healthy sugars, because I was, you know, drinking maple syrup <laughs> like it was a drink, you know, not I was drizzling on my yogurt with my fruit, but um I was getting through a fair amount of honey and maple syrup and those kinds of things, a lot actually. So yeah, anyway, to, to, to get to the sort of the last few years, which have been a lot less sugar, enormously less, is really thanks to him sort of, do they call it titrating, almost like sort of just gently keep Mm -hmm. bringing it up in a very non-judgmental way, in a very factual way, in a very Zen way, actually, um, and just keep constantly hearing that in the process of a class when I'm aware of my stiff back was very helpful. Also migraines, you know. Um, so I, I feel like sugar is a big piece of the the puzzle of um, for me solving migraines. Being calmer that helps with neurodiversity um, and energy levels. So they're the, the main things. So now I um I've experienced being sugar free. It's amazing. Um, I've done no sugar processed. I've done no fruit as well at times. So I know what it's like to have nothing. And you feel I felt so good. Um, particularly energy levels. I didn't realise you could have a day or live life without feeling tired because it's normalized. Everyone's tired. I don't know anyone who's not tired. So it was a bit of a revelation to go, I'm not tired. It's three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm not tired. And another day, I'm not, I'm actually not tired. You know, um. So I think that's what I see through the health and wellness space that I'm still working um, is that that's what most people are struggling with is tiredness above all. That affects their emotions. That's how it affects their choices. Um, it affects their relationships. You know, there's so many things that I feel might not happen if sugar wasn't part of their life or to not such an extent. So so for me now, I'm kind of playing around with different types of sugars and, um, and a little bit being a bit sort of... Um, curious and uh the last few months sort of in a way wanting to consciously again re-experience what does sugar do how does it make me feel how is it to try not have it and how does that feel so deepening the conscious consciousness about what sugar is how it makes me feel how do I get drawn in how do I get myself off it so that I can live with reduced sugar or no sugar, depending on my choice, and also guide others to also you know, navigate that. Um, Because I think most people, even if they've had large periods of time with no sugar, and I've met a lot through this community, so many of them go back to sugar even after a year or two, and I was no sugar for a year and a half. So it'd be interesting to guide myself through a sort of a second wave at a deeper level and also help others do that as well, if they, if we, if our paths cross. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment.
0: Okay, oh my gosh, I have, you know what? So I feel in my chest some anxiety just talking about this because, yeah. which is what I, I, you know, before I wouldn't have, before I would have probably eaten now because I couldn't handle the feelings that I'm feeling, but now going through so many things like you have over the years, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling discomfort in my chest. I'm feeling some feelings of anxiety a little bit. And I know that sugar is not going to fix it. And these are things in my fifties, I keep saying to myself all the time. So it's really interesting. I thank you so much for sharing your story because I really want people to understand it's a process. It's a process. And even though we know information, how do we begin to take action? And like you... I think if, correct me if I'm wrong, but also like myself, like I went through a period of time where I really, and again, it's still sugar, but I stopped baking and I went to raw baked. I did raw, like with dates and maple syrup, Yeah, but it was so much less than what I was used to. And yeah. I felt the best I've ever felt in my life. And then life started to creep in again. I have a husband yep. and I have children and life started to creep in. And my friends say to me, Tanya, if you feel that good, why do you then slip back? And and I'd love to hear if you have some some things of why you slip back, but I think mm. I think sometimes like, honestly, I felt so good. I had boundless energy. And I mean, I have energy now, but I had even more energy. I I was so clear. Definitely. I know sugar affects um, inflammation in the body. Like you, I cannot lie to myself anymore. So I lied to myself for years. I was very sick for years and I lied to myself. And even though I was may be considered somewhat of a healthier healthy eater if you look out in society if you zone oh, yeah. in we there's so many lies that are told to us right like cereal is healthy no it's not Yeah. Uh, yep. toast and jam is better than white toast I, like it's not it's all yep. sugar and so you yep. really start to Uh, You know, I I really worked to get rid of this through the process. Like, you know, I got rid of cereals. I started drinking smoothies. I felt amazing. Um, Many people don't know how to balance a smoothie. So a lot of them can be sugar smoothies. But anyway, that's a a different conversation. But I would feel so good. And then I'd be like, why am I starting to not sneak? That's not the word because I used to sneak. Now I do it in the open. But why am I doing this to myself again when I feel so good without it? Do you have any
1: thoughts about mm. that at all? I sure
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear them. Yes, I do. Okay,
1: so what I noticed through the last few months where well, I have um, been consuming more sugar, so healthy ones. Um, I've, I'm lucky to have a very lovely store around the corner, a whole food store, all organic veggies. They do lovely um, sugar free cakes, and I've been playing with them, and they're lovely. Um, And so what I noticed when I was sugar free was that I had a time in my life when I was single and I could plow myself into my own interests. I was working 10 hour shifts at least in medical centers. And Mm. so because I didn't have the time that I had previously been investing in a personal relationship, I had this really indulgent amount of time really to notice me, notice what I'm feeling, notice what choices I'm making, get better sleep. Um, So I was very clear, I had a lot of clarity at that time um, around what I was doing. And since I moved back from Sydney last summer and very quickly actually met my current partner and I noticed that as my sleep patterns got not quite so good, And I can't blame him for that, because actually he's similar to me. We go to bed early and get up early. But, you know, sometimes we didn't want to go to bed so early because we were so happy chatting. Um, and then we've had some bumps as well, um, things that we are see differently in life. Um, luckily, he loves the food I make, so that's a bonus. He He also notices actually more than I do how good he feels for it. Um, but yeah, the sort of the, how to, and I've got a lot more empathy now for all my sugar sort of f- free friends that are in the community that are doing this with partners and families and kids and everything. Um, Cause I've got to be honest, I haven't had that to to, to sort, of, sort of pull my focus potentially um, for want of better words. So yeah, I've definitely noticed that having with this partner and it's not necessarily that he's a bad influence. He's not sort of saying, come on, honey, let's get a pizza. Let's get some brownies and let's do this and that. He He's not actually. Um, but, yeah, again, that little bit of a sort of a coping mechanism when I was like, I'm pretty tired, you know, I didn't sleep so well. Um, or we had a, a bit of a rough day. We just sort of didn't see eye to eye on something. So just enough of the, those moments, sort of sort of fired up a little bit more anxiety maybe than I would usually have by myself. I'd got into a really clear, good place of living by myself and how to be really empowered um, and really owning my my choices in my day, so to speak. So definitely how to manage this, how to navigate this within a relationship. And like I said, this is one where my partner's not trying to make me have takeout every night or anything like that. Um, more the emotional sort of side of it has definitely pulled, It's yeah, it's just, I guess, exhausting myself sort of emotionally. So I find I don't mind confrontation, actually. I, I think there's a place for having been conscious um, in those moments Um At the same time, I still notice anxiety or fear and lots of other sort of things that pop up and how adrenaline can pop up when you feel fight or flight and those kinds of things and how exhausting adrenaline is, for example, Um, which I noticed when I was working um, a job that also sort of sparked adrenaline sometimes. Um, So, yeah, so how... How to navigate relationships um, and and you know, children, he has children, um, I can I can see how challenging it is to stay really focused and centered on my choices, at the same time, really be open and vulnerable and not be too contained. How can I make my container kind of bigger almost? Um, and keep the same level of awareness and no. Know- in my body that I can maintain by myself within a space with others um and that I think takes an even deeper sense of feeling centered the more centered I am then maybe the more open I can be so it's um I'm just still in a space of kind of processing and learning this you know and reflecting how do I how do I keep that and invite this into my life because mm-hmm. I don't want to keep, I don't want to stay small, you know, I, I want to expand and evolve and, and grow. So I'm really interested in this challenge of keeping my integrity and promises to myself and um, uh, yeah, that ownership of my choices within a bigger context. So, so that's the current challenge.
0: That is um, so beautiful because you know what, I love your openness and your vulnerability because you and I chatted and I said to you point blank, I'm like, do you have children? Because Mm. when you, and this is just my experience and really ties back again to that. I like you did not learn coping mechanisms to deal with my emotions besides eating them and drinking them. And for a time I even smoked, which is just, Oh my gosh, but both my parents smoked. Um, So I basically inhaled cigarette smoke since since I was born, but um, you know those were my coping mechanisms. I was stressed studying exams. I'd have a cigarette. I'd have a drink. Kids ticked me off. I'd have a drink or I would eat, and I didn't know to breathe. And listen, I'm you know from the age of 20 on I'm or 23 on like I'm starting to understand fitness in my life, and I've been teaching aerobics, and I start being a personal trainer. And what I always say to my, you know, my members in my Vibrant Living membership, and even to my community, is information is information. It's it's practicing it, right? It's it's yeah. taking this information, and like you said, how do I sit with this? What skills do I need to learn? What's the next level I need to do? And so when you're on your uh, by yourself, you have you have more ability to stick to your plan, when you start adding in different energies, um, it becomes more of a challenge and it's, it's, we don't want to spend our life being alone. And I, I know from my, a lot of my friends, they'll be like, okay, Tanya, I'm doing a 15 day cleanse. Like I'm unavailable for 15 days. And I'm like, but that's not life, right? Like Mm. life is about how do we navigate Going out, being around friends, going to family situations, having conflict with people in our life—like, how do we start to deal with those feelings, those thoughts, those emotions without just without just like just going to turning to food, which is what many of us do, and that's because yep. this is what I say to people: it's not your fault. We live in a massive industry like this world is constantly blinking blinkers eat drink gamble smoke vape drugs avoid pain and and then you have to work with your brain which is avoid pain seek pleasure so when you start to understand all these things the first thing I've given my clients permission to do and myself is that it's there's nothing the matter with you there's nothing the matter with you there are skills that we have not been taught we're living in an environment that is heavily promoting us to eat drink and not feel discomfort and we're working with a 10,000 year old brain that has not got the memo that there is food available at our fingertips literally now any substance we want we can pick up the phone and it's there so I love how you have You know, and of course, there are some single people that I know, because I've worked with them who, you know, no longer have their spouse, and they're still struggling. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a relationship with somebody else, or you haven't healed the relationship with yourself to work through it. Right? There's all these things. and, And you say this word a lot, too. It's being that level of awareness of where do I feel this in my body? And what are some of the things I can start to do to step out of it? oh my gosh, there's just so much. (laughs) I'm so
1: pleased you mentioned that thing about it. There's nothing wrong with you because I I, I think that can't be said enough that this is bigger than the individual. Um, And I see so many people make it an individual failing and an individual problem. And that breaks my heart because I know they're trying to do that within a system, which is, as you said, it's just everywhere and normalized yeah. and so easy to get hold of and so many other things that you could bring up at this point like you said corporate things marketing disconnection from nature you know everything um but i think it's so important to keep hearing that message that it's 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 not your personal failing it's not because there has been a i, I don't know how you feel tanya but a sort of a move towards taking Um, individual responsibility for our own lives and 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 our choices and and manifesting what we want which i totally um do i totally there's a huge part of me that really feels yes that's how this world works you you can take ownership your choices and, and and manifest at the same time we are in something bigger than ourselves as individuals so that environment does affect us so yes yeah, so I just think that's a hugely important message that people don't make it such an individual thing that why can't I do this and in the group that we're in there's a lot of people that feel that I know that for a fact and the more people I speak to the more they feel that why can't I do this rather than looking at the system and going well the system exactly, you know making it easy. So, so there's lots of things that need to change in order to facilitate individuals being able to change and evolve with more ease. You know, yeah. It's uh it's 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 tough to do it without the support of the environment and the system.
0: On the back of my book, I have what is more addictive than cocaine, which is sugar. But I also put yep. here, um I I just wanted to feel normal. I wanted to be happy like everyone else seemed to be. Because that's yeah. of like the cookie dough in the dark, the shame, the guilt, the, there's something wrong with me. Why does everybody, why doesn't everybody else, like, why does this seem every easier for everybody else? Now, I just read Matthew Perry's book. Uh, he was the guy on friends mm-hmm. and it's about addiction. Yeah. And it, re- I, I, I was really, oh my gosh, his story is, is crazy And I'm so happy that when I was sad in my twenties, and again, this is my adventure, my choice, but I remember going to talk to a therapist, psychologist, I don't know what, and he's like, well, here are some pills. And I said to him, I don't want pills. Like, I don't want pills. Now that was my choice, but that could have led me down another road of addiction. And Matthew Perry talks about like the, the times in his life when there was a decision and he's like, I wonder what my life would have been if I hadn't have taken that pain pill. And unlike drugs, food is something that we eat every day. And this is why I say to people, like, it's a tough one because you can't just stop eating, right? And we definitely have scales of yep. addiction. And and I love the, this line in Matthew Perry's book where he talks about Um, he's hanging out with Bruce Willis and he says, oh my gosh, I just realized Bruce Willis can drink with me and party. I have an addiction, right? So Mm. Willis can stop, Mm. right? But I have to keep going and there's deaf. And I always say to everybody, like, look on a scale of one to 10, you could be a one where you can have a piece of pie and you're on with your day right? I was the person that had a piece of pie and then ate the whole pie and then probably got ice cream and made cookies. And I couldn't stop. So this is why I know I've improved so much over the years. And to look from where you were to where you are now and to remember to applaud yourself. And again, to realize where I'm working against so many things. Because like you said, we've normalized eating sugar. Right, kids are eating sugar for breakfast. We go to birthday parties and it's a sugar orgy. And I fell into that trap too. So I'm not saying like I'm like this, you know, whatever. But I'm just <laughs> yeah, it's really challenging sometimes to step back because people will go, um, they'll they'll say things like, "Well, you're no fun," or right, like, "Oh, you should be drinking," or or of course it's a kids birthday party there's supposed to be lots of sugar like it's it's not normal yeah. right people think you're weird if if you don't put sugar in a loot bag or whatever so this is what i mean by how normalized we've made it and it's killing us it's mm. it's actually yeah. physically mentally and emotionally destroying us and even though i know all these things i'm still like ooh man <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: is so good but with each, there's definitely moments and seasons in my life where it is easier than other times. And like you, I instead of berating and being condescending to myself and mean, I've put on my curiosity hat and my compassion hat and I go, okay, this is interesting. Why am I feeling this? So I just did a podcast. I ate um, like 14 very large ooey gooey cookies um, over the course of like four, three or four days when I was in Puerto Rico. And I share these stories because everybody thinks I'm perfect and I'm not perfect. I'm a human same, and I'm a in progress, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah the, I get a lot of that.
0: Yeah, the reason I ate these cookies was because I was in the week before my period which is when you have extreme cravings for carbohydrates. And yes, if I was a better person, and I don't even like saying that, but I'm just being a little, you know, whatever. Um, I would have had sweet potatoes and kale and Swiss chard and some rice and some healthy carbohydrates, but those cookies, they were in my environment and it is like my kryptonite. It is like my, (laughs) and so I had these cookies, but I say to people, Then my, I had my period and I didn't want the cookies. So that is really important to understand about yourself, like your hormones, where you are in your cycle. And then maybe next time I can get a little bit better about it. Right. Mm. And, and, and what you said about being in a relationship, if you're like, Ooh, Ooh, that just, that just got me now, maybe before that got, you would have led to a tub of ice cream, but now you're like, Ooh. Oh, that just got me. Okay, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to do some yoga. For me, I get on my roller. I, so now this is how you and I are getting, you know, yeah. less entrenched in the sugar ditch. Yeah. But this takes time. And so when everybody's like, you know, this all or nothing thing, it can work for some people. But a lot of us, it's shifting and shifting and shifting and realizing not if we make a mistake quote unquote there's nothing mm. wrong with us it's just okay let's let's just dig into what just happened to me yeah. how am I feeling so that's yep. like that's your journey that's your you are compared to what you were like in 27 2007 I can't I don't say 2007 <laughs> seven you were unaware of sugar like even though you knew about actually. it actually Hit a new level of awareness where you're like okay there is definitely a correlation between sugar and how I'm feeling mentally physically and emotionally spiritually energetically yeah
1: yeah no it was, a, it was a vivid vivid moment of hearing it on the outside for the first time ever that someone was trying to give up sugar and this is what it felt like for them so I was like oh okay and just so shocked by the 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 intensity of the comment that you know i think the intensity of the comment was almost necessary to kind of open up this pandora's box of like blimey what what's what's in there you know for her to say such a comment if it'd been milder it probably wouldn't have had the same effect to be honest and i have heard similar comments now Mm -hmm. um from other people there's lots of people in the group that have had other addictions many actually and find sugar the hardest the very 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 hardest um like you said because it's almost taboo still still surprisingly to not eat sugar you -hmm. know you could was to get offered it you know there's many comments about you wouldn't offer an alcoholic a drink you know or all the other sort of and and it's the same with someone that eats sugar and doesn't want to, because they know it really does not serve them, that people will still try and keep encouraging them as if there's something wrong with them, that they're not having it, rather than support their journey and their choice. So it does seem, as you said, much, much harder because it it's hard to know what other people's motivations are for wanting to, you to eat sugar. That's another rabbit hole that you can, you know, Well, you know, why do they want you to eat sugar? But
0: well, this is part of this new identity, which I think you and I talked a little bit about before. Who am I if I don't eat sugar? Okay. So, yeah, what happens is, is like, so I can put this into relation of drinking and smoking. So, if I choose, so, you know, I'm just using this as an example. This didn't happen in my life, but I have worked with clients about this. So they want to stop drinking and smoking. Okay. But every Friday night, They hang out with their 10 friends at a bar and it is part of them. It is part of their, their identity, their life. And so if they choose to not drink and smoke, they can't go to that bar on Friday night. That is like putting brownies or cookies in front of me or Coke in front of an addict. Like they, so now it's not about them giving up alcohol and, and um. Mm. Just pick one it's about them not hanging out with those people and so now you're like well now what do i do differently on a friday night and now this 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 isn't just i'm gonna quit drinking this is like oh my gosh this is changing my life right so who am i if i stop eating or sorry drinking let's just say drinking well i'm not hanging out at the bars on the weekend anymore right and so yeah Who am I without uh, sugar? Like, who am I if I don't have sugar? Well, I'm still going to go out for dinner, but now I'm not having, you know, if I choose, I mean, alcohol basically is sugar, but so it depends on what sugar you want to, you know, you can make all these rules, you can can justify anything, but say it's just, yeah, you sure can. You sure can. Right. So maybe it's just like, I'm not going to eat the bread and I'm not going to have dessert. Okay. So, so maybe that's your tippy toe experience into it but it does change if you if you have a very social life and you're choosing not to partake like you go to churches and the potlucks like this I've worked with a client with this the potluck table is just a sugar smorgasbord so I know right? She still wants to go to church, but now she's got this beacon of just, just like, how do I resist this? And so I know what you resist gets stronger. So it's learning to not have that resistance. It's learning to, I think, be educated and empowered that how you feel after you eat this, you have to tap into that to delay some gratification. And so this is you and I have talked about this. This is why I can't rip the bandaid off totally is because I am working through a lot of these issues. Like, how does that feel to, um, you know, I'll just tell you one thing about the bread basket now is that if somebody has some bread, I'm like, is it worth eating? Like, is it a 10 out of 10? Like, uh, is it a 15 yeah. out of 10? Cause if it's not the best bread you've ever had, I don't even need to eat it. So like, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of some of the things I do. And I've yeah. also, you know, have a, an amazing freebie called Five Hacks to Cut Your Cravings because some of the things are learning how to minimize the blood sugar roller coaster. So, when you understand blood sugar in your body and you start to apply these hacks first, you begin to lessen your roller coaster ride. And then sugar actually just starts to disappear as opposed to you resisting it. Right, and that's very different. I've
1: experienced that,
0: yes, right. So, that mindset shift of or sorry, that blood sugar shift in your body. The other one you mentioned was sleep. If you are tired, your body wants sugar, yeah. So, so now we have to back up the bus and we have to say, okay, forget about food for a little bit, let's get your stress and your sleep sorted out, and then we can deal with sugar because most of the time. It will look after itself. So, you know, there's lots of different ways you can approach this. <laughs>
1: Just... <laughs> many, many. There are.
0: Many, many. There's
1: an interesting thing that came up in my, in my mind. I'm very visual. So when you were talking about environment, really, I when I was in Australia, I did a bit of a road trip by myself out in the bush. So I went off road and all sorts of things and um, I wasn't sugar free at that point this was quite a few years ago maybe 2019 2020 and at that time I remember my sugar craving or even my thoughts about sugar really dropped off they were practically non-existent so just being out in nature every day camping I was like don't even think about sugar so again that Where do we get our energy from, you know, so I'm getting a lot of support and a lot of energy from nature and very Not only energizing but relaxing at the same time It's like Tai Chi and yin and yang Nature has that balance of yin and yang and that's exactly what it felt like it was the right amount of stimulation It's alive and full at the same time nature is so calm and soothing and slow It's bursting all the time and it's so slow so when I was on that road trip, I remember sort of looking in the back of the boat of my cart, what I'd got in there. I'd got a camping stove and stuff. And just thinking, there's no sugar in here. And I, I haven't even noticed, you know, I haven't even been thinking about it. So again, it's it's to do with so many things, environment, environment and, and how do we how do we resource ourselves and where do we get our energy from? Because all all I think we ever want is energy. We all we really ever want is to survive at a really basic level. We want to thrive and be happy and evolve and grow and, and all those deeper things. But on a really basic level, many philosophies are, we're just trying to survive actually. And the more we have energy, the less we think about, am I surviving? Oh, now, I can, now I can thrive, you know, that's, that's covered. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just got that visual of looking in the back of the boot of that car.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Out in the bush. We've <laughs> been taught that food gives you energy, which is a lie, because not all food gives you energy right no, and, like and it. the other thing is is that many of us have a lot of us have more fat on our body and fat is a huge energy store but we're not even shifting into that energy because we're stuck in this sugar state so i have like episode eight we talk about sugar versus fat burner and i said many of mm. us are stuck in a sugar burning state we can't even tap into the fat that we have on our body for energy. And so you know, in the states and in Canada, eighty eight percent of people are metabolically inflexible, which means they Yum. are ticking time bomb for pre-diabetes, diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart disease. And it, we're not taking it seriously enough to be like, okay, what's one simple change? And this is why I'm really promoting my you know five hacks right now because we have got to pull down those blood sugar levels. And then when you talk Mm. about, um, I just did a podcast on how rolling changed my life. I was stuck in fight and flight for years. So I love the analogy used when you were alone, you got that time to get into your parasympathetic nervous system, that rest, digest, heal, that calmness. And so many of us are stuck in this fight and flight. And so sugar is feeding that adrenaline, that dopamine, right? Because we're just stuck on this vicious cycle. So I think that's really important to understand. The other thing is, is that mitochondria are where we get our energy from. And many of us are not tapping into our mitochondria properly. That's a whole other episode we can talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so we shift into that. I'm going to save that for later, unless you have some words on there. But also, um, finally, you know, what I work with my clients right now is a lot of us have put, um, you know, if you think about a pleasure bucket, a lot of us have food in our pleasure bucket, right? So but what else is in your pleasure bucket? And so many people feel guilty about taking time to read, to have a bath, to walk in nature, because they are they're not being a caregiver, or they're not giving to other people and doing so we have this. like this is what I mean about these mental shifts we have to take is like what else is in our pleasure bucket and that we can like I had a a a mother who felt extremely guilty sitting down and 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 just uh relaxing because she's like I should be doing something and I said no you are doing something but But we had to work through a lot of this stuff because if she was sitting down, she felt she had to eat because she just had this connection. And so you're really unwiring so many of our habits, our thoughts, our beliefs. And this is why I love having these conversations, because without it, you don't have the awareness that you're running on programming. Your environment is a trigger. Your hormones are a trigger. Right. And so now you can start to sit back and go, okay, let's just have fun with this. And this is what I really promote in my membership is to have fun, not dread, have fun, yeah. compassionate and and curious and explore these different things. So, but the rolling, for example, I didn't realize I was stuck in flight and fright and freeze i did not know that i have no idea yeah. i'm stuck in a sympathetic nervous system state until mm. i laid on my roller and over a course of a few months i went i'm not craving as much food like sugar and i went oh my gosh yep. what's going on and that that opened up the door for me to really start discovering and i made a whole roller program and all this kind of stuff and i'm like i need to share this information with people because it's important so and that's I'm your of light in this world too doing the same thing
1: (laughs) thanks tanya you're
0: welcome (laughs) (sighs) but yeah so you can feel some of that that i'm talking about
1: oh everything you're saying absolutely yeah definitely and there's like you said there's so many so many tangents we could go off on there's so many each little one of the sort of topics we've talked about again is another uh, a whole episode really um, yeah that It's very valuable.
0: Yeah. You know what I will say? And I love this line and I use it in my membership. Don't minor in the majors. So don't, I'm going to flip this around two times. Don't minor in the majors. So the majors are getting your sleep, your stress, movement, and and eating like those are majors, right? But not dieting. That's 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 a, like a minor because so many people major in the minors, right? And they're like, okay, yeah. hey, what kind of? um I'm trying to think of something. I can't even think of something right now. But a diet. Sleep me. is a great one. What's that?
1: Sleep is a great one. Oh yeah, a... that
0: would be a major, but a minor. Yeah. A lot of people are dieting. To me, that's a minor right? That mm. is a minor because it's not the whole picture, right? And so it's like, should I have gluten-free cake or a normal cake? I'm like, uh, it doesn't really matter. To be honest, it doesn't really yeah. matter because they're still going to raise your blood sugar levels. They're still going to keep you addicted to sugar. That's what I'm talking mm. about. Like if people are like, oh, right. And so they're, they're spending a lot of time eating gluten-free cupcakes I mean, I've had this with clients. You're like, oh, I went and I got gluten-free cookies and gluten-free cupcakes and and I'm like, okay, but that's that's not fixing emotional eating. That's not addressing yeah. why you're craving, uh, food, why you're, right. Yeah. So that's why The attention
1: I'm, is in slightly the wrong place. Yeah. It creates a sense of, a short-term sense of, I'm doing well, you know, which is great. We need that. that, almost that can be a dopamine hit, you know. I've done something really good, but it's just just shift your focus and your attention to the majors. That's when you're going to get the real breakthroughs, and you're going to really sort of feel the changes within you.
0: Yes, yeah, and listen, I've majored in the minors, so that's why I can talk. Oh, about- <laughs> same, same. Right and I, know it. I know when I'm doing. It. I know
1: what I'm doing. It.
0: It's not so. Yeah. Funny and everybody sleeps oh sleep that has nothing to do with anything oh my gosh sleep is massive anyway we could go on and on and on and on and perhaps we do another episode on something else but let's let's let finish up if there's anything you'd like to chat with me about like anything just to finish put a bow on this episode and just let people know you know where you are if they want to reach out and connect with you
1: lovely thank you tanya oh it's hard to know what to pick This. Like you said, it's such a juicy conversation that you can talk about in so much depth. And I really, really, really want people to know again that it's not that individual failing, that there's so many things to this and that it is a bumpy road that all of us have been up and down more times than you can ever imagine that you're not the finished article, like you said, You know, we're all still sort of working our way through and processing and getting to know ourselves better and better at a deeper level as to why do I behave the way I do? Why am I influenced the way I do? And it it the tipping point is, I think, what you said a moment ago, is when you tip from dread to joy and actually going, Oh, actually, this is it's quite there's actually some fun in here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is quite enjoyable. Actually, maybe that's why I'm here. That that the the problem becomes actually not a problem anymore. It's it's still challenging and not always enjoyable, but just changing the lens with which we view things, that we're not always looking for enjoyable or unenjoyable, that it we can take those labels off this duality of the way we look at things and go, this is, you know, like you said, put on your curious hat and go, this is fascinating actually. Oh wow, you know, there's so much to sort of to to enjoy here about this process. Mm when you're not quite so attached to the outcome and definitely i think for me not so worried about what people think of me or that i'm being observed or all those kinds of things so yeah just being a little bit more uh, i hear this a lot now in the in the space i work in in yoga and embodiment and somatics and pleasure i'm in a, a women's group every week about pleasure and what is pleasure and how to have pleasure and do we make time for pleasure? You know, and all of us are kind of having again these epiphanies of like pleasure. Like, oh, I, I don't. Oh, I don't really make time for pleasure. And many people say even the word feels a bit icky sometimes. Like, ooh, pleasure. <laughs> you know, you know, and all of us are sort of healing our relationship with pleasure and finding ways to have pleasure in our lives. Um. So, so there's been lots of different. Parts to this, um, but yeah, that tipping point of of it becoming joyous and and a wonderful source of curiosity and and it feels like it comes full circle about about being about nature, and I include humans as part of nature, the the big grand scheme of things. So yeah, jumping into the side of it being intriguing and or oh, that the, the my yoga teacher talks about refining your energy so the more you refine your awareness and the more you refine your noticing it becomes this sort of fineness becomes even more fascinating like the more you look at a, a spider's web or a flower's clouds you know so it almost feels like ah oh, i'm not even in this journey i'm not separated from nature does that make sense there's something that makes this part of that too, not something that shouldn't be happening or doesn't have a place here. It's sort of it, this comes from you know more the yoga side and, and philosophy and you know that the oneness and that the naturalness and the nature of the experience. And I think yeah. getting to that place it takes time, but that's it feels like a different experience even when it's not going so well in inverted commas you
0: know well, I think just to reiterate again because I know a lot of um people who have you know troubles with eating they're overweight or they're just mm. you know, overeating. feel alone they feel like it's a yeah. no problem they're alone they're, they, yeah. they can't even talk about it they can't join a group and I love yeah. Joe Dispenza's work I don't know if you've read yep. any of yes
1: i have yeah Yeah. brilliant
0: and i'm telling you when you understand that you are chemically addicted to feelings and that you know we live in this world that says oh everything should be easy and you should always be happy no there is pain so just for you what you said you are one with nature To start expanding yourself a little bit can feel very scary it may feel unsafe but just take little tiny steps to yep. to work through this so that you can integrate yourself back into community right so that's definitely
1: part definitely of what integrating saying. is important yeah mm-hmm. really important
0: so but i have I a, a oh, sorry go ahead
1: that's so i was just going to say i am i'm a carer now I, I do a lot of care work and um there's people that i work with and i'm going into their homes and they have you know all these sugary things everywhere. And that's difficult not to say anything, you know, because that's not my role in that particular space. My role is to support them, to enjoy um, what is comfortable for them, you know. So that was that's a bit of a tangent, but yeah, it's just just interesting what what comes up, you know.
0: Yeah, I know people always say to me, Tanya, you should be telling everybody this. I said no. I've learned. I've had like many anxiety attacks in my life trying to save the world. And I just said, yeah. you know what? If people want to listen to this episode or they want to join me in my membership or they want to ask me a question, but I do not tell anybody what they should do. This is just my journey. And if it yeah, it go, you know what, that's a possibility for me, then awesome. And if it doesn't, that's fine. And if there's somebody who you feel this episode would benefit, share it. But um yeah, I just, you know. I, I, I can only empower and educate and inspire and telling people what to do is like, look, pointing your finger and feeling like it's a child. And when you do that to somebody, they feel small, they feel defensive yeah. and they go, F you watch this. Cause that's what I did for years. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah. like, okay. And if you don't want to see it, I'll just do it in, in private. And then I'm going to yeah. feel shame and I'm going to feel guilt yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I've been through all of that oh my god so so yeah we've, we've all
1: done a few F, FUs haven't we <laughs> yes, yes
0: exactly all right so Heather where can everybody find you
1: so I'm on Facebook I have a Facebook page called the reduced sugar lifestyle um it's a fledgling Facebook page so um I've been posting of privately actually just to get used to to posting It's it's kind of new for me Um, So that's on there. I teach, I do coaching online and I teach in Yorkshire. So I teach at three locations, Ilkley, Berlin, Worfdale and Skipton and do group classes. This is yoga, tai chi and breathing and meditation as well as coaching. And um, I'm a therapist. So I do lots of different things. But this thread of sort of sugar comes up very often and not normally for me, actually. More and more people are kind of mentioning it um as part of what they'd like to change in their lifestyle so it it sort of just comes up one way or another so whether it's through classes private sessions zoom um even massage it it, it still seems to sort of crop up more and more these days so um it's definitely a big part of my work now yeah yeah thank you
0: thanks thanks for having me from the uk
1: (laughs) yes i am
0: (laughs) lovely i love your accent
1: my mother's (laughs) thank you
0: uh-huh. i just have a bit of an accent but i've i've let it go all right well thank you so much i know we could probably talk for three more hours because we could go I on could. so <laughs> yeah. many different routes so perhaps we have you back again because every time we meet we have different stories we have different experience and we can share more like that so absolutely thank you for coming on today and i will put your information thank you so much for having me You're so welcome. Fun. Thank, thank you everybody for listening